You're listening to Growing the Flock Up with Pastor Maisha Saleem. It is vitally necessary that we are committed to our growth. 2 Peter 3 and 18, the Apostle Peter ends this letter with these words. He says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. When we first give our lives to Christ, when we first get saved, we are like infants. We don't know how any of this works. We don't have a relationship with God. We aren't familiar with the scriptures. And over time, we learn how to do church. We learn how and when to lift our hands and what we should look like when we're doing church. Like babies, we learn to imitate and mimic those around us. The Bible refers to new believers as infants or children in Christ who need to grow. Spiritual growth has to do with your maturity. And it is when we see your actions and your behavior that we can identify your level of growth and maturity. If you saw a child who was not growing, there were no signs of development in the actions or speech of the child, what would you do? You would probably take them to the doctor. Why? Because if a child is not growing, that is an indication that the health of that child has been compromised. A lack of growth is evidence of what is known as a developmental delay. When a child has not gained the same developmental skills compared to children of the same age, they are diagnosed as having a developmental delay. And the delays are observed in their movement and function, in their speech and language, their cognitive development, and their social skills. When that child's behavior reflects a lack of growth in these areas, it is an indication that something is wrong. If I'm not moving, I'm stuck. I'm paralyzed. I've been in the same place for six months. Something is wrong. If I'm still talking like a baby Christian, my words are full of fear. I gossip. My speech is not seasoned with faith. I complain about everything. Something is wrong. If I still think like a child, my methods for problem solving are childish. The way I think about and understand the world around me is still at the level of a child. My perspectives have no spiritual foundation. Something is wrong. If I'm still interacting with and communicating with others and responding to people like a child, I throw tantrums and I'm spoiled and I'm selfish after I claim to have been walking with the Lord for years, but there's no growth in my life. Something is wrong. If we are not growing in the things of God, it is an indicator that our health has been compromised. And either we aren't healthy because we were born unhealthy, because something happened in our lives that made us unhealthy, or there is something in our environment that is causing us not to grow. A neglected child will not grow. A malnourished child will not grow. An infant who lacks attention, affection, and affirmation will likely have developmental delays. But as a believer, I can't afford not to grow. Peter says that one way we grow is in the grace of God. Let's look at that. Grace 
is God's undeserved or unmerited favor. It is also his enabling power to be who we are supposed to be and to do what we are supposed to do. Not just our purpose. I use his grace to do his will. I need his grace to love my neighbor. I need his grace to walk by faith and not by sight. I need his grace for life. I don't deserve his grace on my life. I didn't earn his grace on my life, but in order for me to be who God called me to be and to do what God called me to do, I need to grow in grace, to grow in grace, to grow in his undeserved favor, to increase his enabling power on our lives. We have to grow or increase our ability and our willingness to submit to his divine influence, which is then reflected in our movement, our speech, our cognitive skills, and our social skills, which in turn helps us to be who he created us to be and to do what he created us to do. Growing in grace is also a reflection of the spiritual condition of someone whose life is governed or directed by God. If I'm going to grow, I have to submit to his influence and allow him to direct my life. But all of this growth and submission and direction comes as a result of growing in our relationship with God. Why? Because if you don't have a relationship with him, you won't submit to him and you won't let him direct your life. Have you ever had someone who you do not have a relationship with try to tell you what to do? Did you do it? No. Why? Because we don't have a relationship. I don't know you. I don't trust you. We have no relationship. So no, I am not going to submit to you and I'm not going to let you tell me what to do. And the reason you don't obey God and you don't obey his instructions is because within the context of your relationship, you don't really know him and you don't really trust him. And it's because you're not growing in your relationship with him. So you don't have the grace to obey God. So let's do this. Think about the best relationship you've ever been in. Okay. Get that in your mind. What about that relationship made it so good? Was it your communication? Was it that you forgave each other quickly? Did they know your love language? Now, think about this. How does your relationship with God compare to the best relationship you've been in or the best relationship you know of? How does your relationship with God compare? In a good relationship, both people communicate well. How often do you talk to God? How do you talk to God? Is it a conversation or is it a speech? Do you only talk to him when you need something? Do you trust God? Can he trust you? Proverbs 3 and 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. But again, I can't trust someone that I don't have a relationship with. Are you honest with God? Can he be honest with you or do you just want to hear what you want to hear? John 8 and 32 says that it's the truth that sets you free, but the truth hurts and sometimes we don't want to hear it. And as crazy as it may sound, we lie to God. We say, Lord, if you can just do this for me this one last time, I promise I won't ever do that again. If you can get me out one more time, I'll never do it again. And we know good and well that we are lying. 
Be honest with God. I promise it'll help your relationship grow. Do you spend quality time with Jesus? Do you spend time in prayer, in study of his word, in worship outside of your Sunday church service? Here's the thing about quality time. You sometimes have to make time for quality time. Sometimes you have to adjust your schedule. You have to reprioritize some things so that you can spend some focused, uninterrupted time with God. We see in Luke 6 and 12 that even Jesus often stepped away from the people to spend time with the Father. How is the flow of forgiveness between you and God? We're thankful that Jesus has already secured our forgiveness when he died on the cross. We gladly accept his forgiveness, but do we forgive him? Have you forgiven God for the things that have happened in your life? Have you forgiven him for what didn't happen, for your losses? I believe that when things don't go our way, sometimes we get mad at God. We feel like he didn't do what we asked him to do, or he allowed something to happen to us, and we don't understand how such a loving father could allow us to suffer and not intervene. And sometimes in our relationship with Jesus, we have to forgive him too. He doesn't need us to forgive him. We need to forgive him. Commitment. How committed are you to this relationship? Are you determined to stay in it no matter what? When everything is good, when it's bad, when it's happy, when you are sad, when you get a boo, when you're lonely, when you have money in the bank, when you're broke, will you stay committed to the Lord in a good relationship two people support each other. We can't support God. So what we need to know is that he supports us when we are working to get in and to stay in his will. We can rest assured that heaven is on our side throughout the Bible. He tells his people, do not fear, do not be discouraged, do not be afraid for I am with you. Please understand that God has your back. Do you make decisions on your own? Or do you make them with Jesus? Do you talk to him first? Or do you just expect him to go along with whatever you decide? Proverbs three and six says in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If you want to be on the right path, run it by him first. Amen. I love being connected to people who know me. I don't like flowers. Don't buy me flowers, buy me food. Do you know what God's love language is? In a good relationship, you know what the other person likes. They know what you like, and then you do those things for each other. Do you do the things that you know that Jesus likes? My last point, and it's probably the biggest one, is that good relationships require sacrifice. Do you put God first? Do you put the kingdom first? Or does your wants and needs and desires come before God's? In a relationship, you sacrifice for one another. Jesus has already sacrificed his life. And in exchange, I sacrifice my life for his. 
I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. How does your relationship with God, how does it measure up to the characteristics that you know make for a great relationship. God is madly in love with you and he does not want you to be disconnected from him. God wants a relationship with us and we need a relationship with him. Having friends, a spouse, a therapist, a pastor, a service animal is great, but there are some things that only God can do. There is some information that only God has. There are some things that only God can get me out of. There are some places that only God can get me into. When there is no help, I need God. When the doctors have no answers, I need God. When my friends and my family, when they turn their back on me, I need God. When no one believes in me, no one supports me, I need God. When I'm uncertain, I need God. When I'm hurting, I need God. When I'm depressed, I need God. If I'm going to grow in my life, in my purpose, and in my relationships with others, I need to grow in my relationship with God first. He wants a relationship with us. So much so, he sacrificed his only son to do away with the only thing that separated us from him. Jesus died on the cross to reconcile us back to the Father, to restore our relationship with God. In order for me to experience the fullness of it, I've got to grow in that relationship. Tonight, I wanna pray for us that we would take the necessary steps to grow our relationship with God. Would you pray with me? Father, we need you. We believe and we declare that you are God. Jesus, we acknowledge you as our Lord and our Savior. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, into our hearts and into our minds to transform us into who we were created to be. Lord, we put our faith and our trust in you. And we believe that when we call out to you, you hear and you respond. We worship you, our King, you and you alone, oh God, you are worthy of our worship and our devotion. Forgive us for where we've fallen short of your will for our lives. We want to love you more. We want to be closer to you. Draw nearer to us as we draw nearer to you, God. Help us to grow in grace. Walk with us and talk with us throughout our days. Thank you, Father, for loving us enough to make a way for us to be connected with you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. You've just listened to Growing the Flock Up with Pastor Maisha Saleem of Just Jesus, Inc. We hope you were blessed by our ministry. Join us Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study at Just Jesus, Inc. For more information or to connect with us, visit our website at www.justjesushq.com or call us at 951-807-7790. Join us next Tuesday at 6 p.m. right here on the Victory Station.